Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, and we're here on the fantasy-focused YouTube channel to break down week 14 starts, sit streamers. Also going to talk Thursday night football and some playoff waiver wire names, maybe less owned guys you could scoop up and pick up in your leagues. As you can see, I'm riding solo today. No buck, but we miss him deeply. Hopefully, he'll be back for the Sunday show. So we're going to run through this solo pod today. Just kind of break down some of the key matchups for running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, some guys to start, some guys to fade. We're also going to break down Thursday night football preview as well. Before we do that, I want to make sure everyone's following us across the board on the Fantasy-Focused YouTube channel. Make sure you're also following us on the podcast side at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find us across the board on most social medias, Twitter, Instagram, at our names, at Bobby Lamarco at Fantasy Football X Factor for myself on Instagram, at TCKPod underscore Fantasy Football on Instagram for Sky, at Sky Gawasco at his name on Twitter, and at Fantasy Focused across the board. Make sure you're following Buck59 and J. Del Valley as well, other commentators on our show. But before we do that, we want to make sure everyone knows where our podcasts are being part of the Believe Podcast Network and brought to you by Bet Online AG. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. For Bet Online AG, and we'll be back right after this to discuss more on Start Sits and Streamers. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NFL season and the NBA season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all football and basketball action this season. Make sure to head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50. BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From football to basketball to NHL to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey folks, let's get into it. So we're going to talk a little bit today about Thursday Night Football Preview, some start, sit, streamers. We're also going to talk a little bit about some playoff waiver wire. I actually did mine with Jordan yesterday, and I got Buck and Ryan to send me some names, too, that they think you should monitor. See if they're available on waiver wires. These are all players under 50% owned on Yahoo. So typically, we, you know, we're trying to find a consensus there, but 
We used Yahoo for this, so you might want to check out your ESPN, whatever leagues you're in, to see if these guys are available later in the show. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about our Thursday night football preview, which, of course, is brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. If you watch the intro video, every Sunday Live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we do three hours of Start Sit Live. If you guys just want to see commentary, we do weather updates, we do injury updates, we do matchups, we do a bunch of other things on the show for three hours. But most of it starts sit content. I know a lot of people send their start sit questions early on in, in the week. And listen, we try to get to as many as we can, but we dedicate three hours every week to get into all your start sit questions. It does take about 10 to 15 minutes to get to every question because there's so many. So stay with us. But this segment, our Thursday night football segment, is brought to you by that Sunday Live Start Sit Show and Good Sports. As a reminder for everyone on the show today listening to us live, that all our shows on Sunday, we donate 10% of the, any donation we get from our Super Chatters, from anyone that was trying to get into the giveaways. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone knows that this, uh, this football season for December, we're going to be doing a Super Chat giveaway. So essentially, all you got to do is become a Super Chatter on YouTube or become a part of the TCK Pod uh, Venmo account if you're on Twitch. Uh, you know, if you're following outside of YouTube, if you donate to the show, we're going to get you in to our giveaway at the end of December. For every $500 we raise um, for donations, we're going to offer a jersey up to uh, one of our followers. So as long as we're giving back, that's $50 to good sports and to our products, uh, process as well. So we're excited for that. So if you guys can become a super chatter, it really helps us a long way to produce the show. But we're also trying to give back to good sports, which is a good uh, charity organization that donates its sporting equipment to underprivileged communities to help kids play sports. All right, folks, let's get into it. So our Thursday night football preview, um, I just want to talk quickly about this, and it's the Steelers versus Vikings going on today. It is Thursday. We're going to talk about this. Um, and the Vikings, 43.5 over under is kind of jaw-dropping. That's actually not that good. Um, Vikings are favored minus three at home. The good news is this game is a dome game, and I think that's going to help Big Ben and company I know they're Pittsburgh and, you know, they, the smash mouth team they are, but, you know, they can't run the football consistently. And I think this is a better game for them as well. But when you're looking at the injuries for this game, the Vikings DF defense is getting extremely healthy. The Pittsburgh defense outside of Joe Hayden is getting healthy. So, you know, I think this game is interesting because it's fun. It's an inter, it's a, it's not a division game. You know, these teams don't play a lot, so that'll be fun. But just looking at the injuries overall, uh, you know, the, the line for the Steelers, I brought this up last week. They are the BJ Finney, who the guard was supposed to be in. He's now hurt. guys replacing Kevin Dotson, who is re replacing Joe Haig. I mean, they have so many injuries to one guard spot on this roster. It's insane. But four or five starters on the line is fine. But Najee Harris and company are going to have a little bit of tougher test because I brought this up last week. Uh, most of the Vikings de uh, defensive line is back and healthy on the inside. Uh, they did get back Dalvin, Dalvin Thompson, Mike Pierce, um, and company. But they also get back Michael Ken uh, Eric Kendricks and Patrick Peterson this week. So this Vikings defense is pretty healthy overall based on what they've been over the past few weeks. The Pittsburgh defense, you know, having T.J. Watt and company healthy for those games have been huge for them as well. So, you know, with some injuries to the offensive side of the ball, for example, like Adam Thielen being out for this game, Dalvin Cook, not at 100%, but it does sound like he's going to be in. A lot of people are going to ask who to play, Cook or or, or um, 
or Madison, and, and listen, you got to play Cook. It, it's, it's unfortunate, but this is different than the Daryl Henderson situation. Henderson was not practicing all week. Um, he was activated as a, an emergency back. So I think this is a much different situation than Sony Michelle slash Daryl Henderson was last week. So you're leaning into Cook in that scenario, but it's unfortunate you're not going to get 100% of Cook in this game. Uh, I think from that perspective, though, the only two guys that um, – because Christian Darishaw is out as well, the left tackle, along with Adam Thielen. But, you know, for the most part, this this Vikings defense is getting healthy, and, you know, that opens up some opportunities. So I know the must-start players for the Thursday night football game is Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson. We're setting them for getting him. Najee Harris and Dalvin Cook, if you have them, you're playing them. Those are the four guys I feel in this game are slam dunks, and you don't need me to tell you that. That's obvious. But it really comes down to these wide receiver twos, right? Chase Claypool and K.J. Osborne are both, um, you know, in the wide receiver three discussion this week. And my level of confidence is not that high uh, necessarily for either of these guys. I think Chase, I would prefer Claypool over K.J. Osborne. Um, now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are are okay against receivers. Uh, they are missing Joe Hayden. But I think... You know, Justin Jefferson is going to be the guy who eats against them. I don't think K.J. Osborne and him and Tyler Conklin and company are all going to dominate against the Steelers defense because, like I said, outside of Joe Hayden, they are missing some guys up front too, but that those injuries have been ongoing. They aren't new. So we kind of know what the Steelers are. And, you know, you can beat the Steelers. We watched Joe Mixon dominate them on the ground a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I think they are a little bit more better against the pass. So I think in my perspective – you know, I'm not running out to start K.J. Osborne this week as a wide receiver three if I don't have to. Um, if you need to, he's fine because Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback and he's going to – he uses his receivers very well. But uh, even in the game with Aaron Thie last week, he had seven targets, which is fine. But, hey, listen, I'm not going to run out and start K.J. Osborne or Chase Claypool in this matchup. Patrick Peterson is coming back. Minnesota has been terrible against receivers. And – I would prefer Claypool, believe it or not. Um, but the thing is, the toe injury, he did play a limited amount of snaps last week because of that toe injury. Uh, and in, and then Ray Ray McLeod actually ran more routes. So you're playing with a little bit of fire in this game, especially with Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks back, and that line looking better. So, you know, I think in this matchup, you play your chalk players. And I think that's the ones I'm feeling confident with. At the tight end position, neither tight end has a good matchup. Tyler Conklin, Pat Firemuth. And... I have Firemuth in a couple leagues, um, and I'm debating on starting guys like uh, Gerald Everett, who plays Houston this week. Um, and I know that they're going to get the same amount of routes uh, versus dropbacks. They're both in the high 60, low 70 range. And Pat Firemuth, listen, the Vikings didn't have Eric Kendricks last week. They were down Patrick Peterson and TJ Hawkinson and, and had a good week. But T.J. Hawkinson scored a touchdown, and that's what you're going to need from Pat Firemuth, which I think we all kind of know and understand at this point. Um, and, you know, I just don't know. I, I don't feel confident in Pat Firemuth either uh, in this matchup. So I, I think for me, I'm trying to figure out if it makes sense to go with a Gerald Everett, maybe a Ricky Seals-Jones type um, in their matchups versus this because the Vikings have been very good against tight ends. On the flip side, same thing with Tyler Conklin. The – the Steelers are not a yards after the catch defense and Conklin does not get air yards at all. So Conklin's going to be expected to do a lot of things after the catch and the Steelers are really tough against tight ends too. But listen, the tight end landscape is, it is what it is. So if you need to start these guys, that's fine. But you know, I think if you need juice in your lineups and you're not, 
you're an underdog going into week 14 and you need something big. Um, I think Gerald Everett makes a lot of sense. I know he had a really bad week last week, but I'm okay with Firemuth. I'm okay with Tyler Conklin. If I had to pick one, I would pick Firemuth um, in this matchup. Slightly ahead. That's really up there. And then for the quarterbacks in two QB leagues, um, you know, believe it or not, actually, Kirk Cousins, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger against Minnesota is actually not a bad matchup. Um, but the thing is, keep in mind with Patrick Peterson back, Eric Kendricks back, it's not the same matchup last week that Jared Goff had. I know Goff did well, but you know, you miss your top corner, your top coverage linebacker, that's going to hurt your defense in the pass game, especially with your de- off defensive line getting healthier. So, um, you know, I think Big Ben, I think we're not starting him in single QB leagues, but in two QB leagues, I think those guys, I think Big Ben might be all right. Um, and the same thing with Cousins. I know with Adam Thielen being out, we have to be more conscious of stuff. Adam Thielen, you just don't plug in KJ Osborne and say, okay, here you go. We're good to go. Um, so I think that is a ding to Kirk Cousins. But the good news is they're playing in a dome, and I think, you know, that's that's helpful as well. I'm not interested in starting either defense, but the two kickers in this matchup are my number one and number two. <laughs> Believe it or not, I didn't admit This is weird. My kicker analysis this week, uh, Greg Joseph is my number one kicker. If Greg Joseph is available, go get him, put him on your team. Number two is Chris Boswell, both kicking in domes, both playing on Thursday night. Um, I'm expecting both teams to move the ball um, in this matchup, but, you know, touchdowns might not be as prominent, and I think these both these kickers are going to be pretty nice. So I think that's, um, oddly enough, probably outside of the core four, run, the running backs, the two top receivers, I think the kickers might be my favorite plays of the week in this matchup. But like I said, so right, to break it down, it's Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson, locks. Najee Harris, lock. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook is in if he's in. If he's out, it's Madison. I'm not playing Madison if Cook is in. Um, the quarterbacks are just low two QB guys, but I think both can be started in super flex and two QB leagues if needed. Um, the the tight ends are iffy. I actually don't like them that much, to be honest. If you can get away from them, great. I love Dawson Knox. If you have the option of playing Knox over one of these guys, I love Dawson Knox this week. I'd rather play him over those guys. Um, and then the Chase Claypool slash TJ Osborne. I think both these guys are fringe wide receiver threes, but I'm not excited to go out of my way to start either. I would prefer Claypool in a vacuum, to be honest. Um, mostly, be, but the thing is the toe injury, it sounds like he practiced in full, but um, I think if you need to start KJ Osborne and, and Chase Claypool, you can, but I would personally fade them as well. And we can talk, and then that's, that's pretty much it. So that wraps up our Thursday night football preview. I know that was relatively quick. But once again, this is brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. All donations that you provide during our show through the Super Chat goes to Good Sports. And make sure you're joining us on there as well. All right, folks, let's dive into some Start Sits and Streamers this week. And before we do, we're going to take a quick commercial break from one of our newest sponsors, Carafactor. And we'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. 
So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, we're going to run through some start sits and streamers this week. You know how me and Buck usually do it? We go back and forth, a little ping-pong action. But instead, I just kind of wrote down some guys that are not as highly owned at the QB position and stuff like that that I think we can start. And some higher-owned guys that we can sit. Just going to run through them this week. So first off, the the one guy I liked a lot this week is, is Taysom Hill. He's playing the Jets. And it's mostly because, listen, Hills, I know he's got the finger issue and the throwing is a problem. But the one thing about that third quarter game where he got the 100 yards rushing is that you just don't overthink it with guys like Taysom Hill. He's going to offer you 10 points, upwards to 10 points. And in some weeks, it's 15 points because he gets a touchdown on the ground. Um, Once you factor that in, it doesn't really matter if he's throwing for 150 yards and maybe one touchdown because he's going to get you, you stocked into 20 points before he throws a passing touchdown. So, I don't think you overthink it. I'm into I'm in a league where I had Jalen Hurts, and I'm actually staying, sticking between Taysom Hill and Cam Newton, who's my number two in this one. Um, but I think that both those guys, Cam Newton and Taysom Hill, offer you just a – I know, uh, especially in, in Cam's case, the rushing was ter- – uh, the game was terrible against Miami a couple weeks ago, but we'll talk about him in a second. But Taysom Hill, it's the Jets. I mean, the Jets have allowed a boatload of points to quarterbacks. Their defense has really struggled over the last handful of weeks. And I think you just don't overthink it. If he's healthy and he's practicing in full, which he's already doing, you're playing Taysom Hill. The other one I really like this week is going to be Cam Newton. And Cam Newton against the Atlanta Falcons. I know the Falcons um, this season have kind of just been a weird enigma. First year under Arthur Smith. Defensively, they've just kind of been meh. They haven't really been great at anything or really that bad. But against quarterbacks, especially mobile ones, they haven't really done much to, you know, to scare you off from playing Cam Newton. And plus, Cam Newton, you got to keep in mind, this isn't like he – the just because he's back on the Panthers doesn't mean he knew the offense. When he left Carolina, it was the North Turner, Scott Turner offense, and now it's the Matt Rule slash whatever you want to call it offense is going to be with Joe Brady gone. But it takes time for him to learn the offense. So when he came in, he got the two touchdowns in the first week, playing part-time, everyone got all excited, and then he kind of laid an egg against Miami – after a monster 30-point game the prior week, you know, to expect him to be really good week in and week out, and especially against a Miami defense that's starting to play a lot better, I think you got to give him a second chance. So if you're desperate, if you have a Jalen Hurts, uh, if you're in a 2QB league, Cam Newton against Atlanta I think is a fine start in this matchup. Now to fade over to QB sits, um, some of the guys that I'm a little worried about for different reasons. And in my – in my in, first guy is Joe Burrow. And – the so Riley Reef and Trey Hopkins were out last week. It sounds like those guys should be coming back. I'm not 100% sure, but there's already reports that they're going to play it safe with Riley Reef. Um, and when the Bengals they don't have a good offensive line, they had their offensive line was based on getting some type of continuity, but this is a top bottom 10 offensive line. When you start losing starters, it becomes a disaster. And last week was the proof of that. Look at what the Chargers did to that. Bengals offense, they dropped 20 points against this team. 
And Joe Burrow's now got the pinky, and we're watching that. And it sounds like he's going to be fine too, but it just sounds like any little impact to Burrow, um, if it's the offensive line, the pinky, now you're playing against a San Francisco 49ers defense who, you know, seems a little streaky here at times, but they just have some boom weeks. And I think that Joe Burrow is someone I'm going to monitor. If if the line is healthy and his fingers right, you might be okay starting Joe Burrow. But I think I'd rather start Taysom Hill and Cam Newton than Joe Burrow this week against San Francisco. The other one's Justin Herbert. And first it starts off with Keenan Allen on COVID. Then it's Mike Williams' close contact. It sounds like Mike Williams is trending in the right direction, but Keenan Allen will not play. You just don't replace Keenan Allen with Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton. Those guys are nice players, but that's a huge blow. And they're playing against the Giants' defense. And listen, the Giants are, for what it's worth, the Giants are kind of a disaster on offense, but their secondary is legit. James Bradbury has been really good. They did lose a Dory Jackson. It sounds like he might not be back this week, so that's something to monitor. But the Giants' secondary has been pretty solid most of the season. And now you're playing against Justin Herbert, who could be down his two best receiving weapons. So I think you have to monitor that if you're a Justin Herbert owner. Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to sit Justin Herbert if Mike Williams is active, for example. But I think it's something to worth noting. Look out for Dory Jackson. Make sure you're joining us on the Player Trends and Key Injuries show on Saturday. We'll break that down further. The final one is Lamar Jackson. And Lamar has been kind of just average low QB one because of his rushing is always great. But the bank, uh, the Browns have been very good against him over the last few years. But the thing with uh, the, the bang uh, the Ravens and the Browns is that they have this weird, they have one really bad game where offenses don't play well. And then they have one blow up game. Well, they already had the bad game. So I feel weird betting. I don't like to bet against Lamar twice against the same defense, but it's just something to keep in mind in the back of your head that, Lamar has not been great against Cleveland overall. He's not been great against his other – I mean, he's slow against the Steelers. He was slow against the Browns just a couple weeks ago. And, you know, it's something that's worth monitoring. I don't think you sit Lamar um, this week, but maybe this is a DFS fade for this one. All right, so let's talk about some RB starts. The first one is Dante Foreman. So there's not going to be – one of the weird things about the Titans situation is that they lost Julio. They lost AJ Brown and then they lost Nate Davis. They lost Taylor Luan for a game or two and they've been playing good teams and they've been trailing in games, but Foreman has been an absolute workhorse just a couple weeks ago before the bye, People are going to forget that he ran for over hundred yards because Hilliard had the big monster play, but Foreman was the, t- the typical back 20 carries a hundred yards against a very a, a pretty strong Patriots defense. And this week he gets Jacksonville. And Jacksonville early on in the season was actually a pass funnel defense. But over the last few weeks, they've been exposed on the ground. Um, look at what Sony Michelle just did to them. You know, very strong running game against them last week. And I think that Donta Foreman, because of this match, you're not going to have a lot of scenarios until A.J. Brown's healthy, until Julio Jones is healthy. And Julio did become off IR, but he's not a guarantee to play. Until those guys are back on the field, you know, there's not going to be a lot of scenarios where the Titans can take a lead. And Jacksonville's one of them. So I think you could bank on Devonta Foreman as a solid lower in RB2 this week if you need him to play um, play him because I think the matchup suits him very well in this week. The other one is Melvin Gordon. Now, Javante Williams is a lock. You're going to love to play Javante against Detroit. But I think Melvin Gordon, if he's healthy and active, it sounds like he's already practicing this week. It sounds like he's going to be in. And in my opinion... Detroit just 
listen, against the if the Denver Broncos aren't you're gonna be on an emotional high, right? The Lions just emotional high, just beat the Vikings, they're super stoked. Um, and I think now now they're playing the Broncos, who Broncos have a great defense. They are not banged up at all, and they could definitely shut down Jared Goff and company. And I think that leads to more carries for Melvin Gordon. I think a lot of people are going to forget about Melvin Gordon. People are going to think, oh, Javante did so well, we're going to give all the work to him. I don't think that's the case. I think Melvin Gordon comes back, gets his close to 18 touches. He's playing against a very bad Detroit team that cannot stop running backs. So if I think, if, of course, you're playing Javante off the high week, but don't forget about Melvin Gordon against Detroit. So some guys I'm looking to sit. Um, one of them is Joe Mixon. And I got burnt to toast against – I did this a couple weeks ago for Joe – uh, mix in against San Francisco. But, you know, I think the other thing with this one too is going to be that ground game, right? It's going to be those offensive linemen. Are they healthy? Because the the 49ers are a team that are getting healthy. This team has been struggling with injuries all year, classic 49ers, but now they're starting to get a little healthier. And this defense, if you're starting to notice a theme, maybe my streamer defense of the week, we'll talk about in a second, but you're starting to see a theme. But I'm a little bit worried about Joe Mixon from a DFS standpoint, if you're going to play him. But also, season-long, it's tough to get away from volume backs. So I'm not going to recommend you bench Joe Mixon, um, even for Devonta Foreman, for example. But just temper your expectations this week for Joe Mixon. The other one's Cordell Patterson. And the Panthers this season have been kind of league average against running backs against on the ground. But they've also they've been very good against pass-catching running backs on the year. The other thing about Patterson is they're moving him away from the receiving game work and putting him more as a traditional wide receiver, I um, mean, running back. And Hayden Hurst will be back this week. That offers another weapon for this team. So I do think that when you're watching this situation, I think that Cordell Patterson is another guy that I'm a little worried about this week for against Carolina, who has been pretty strong up front for most of the season against running back. So I do think that Cordell Patterson is someone who has saved a lot of his fantasy weeks by touchdown. And the guy's an absolute weapon. But once they started dialing back his receiving work, that's a little concerning. And then on top of that, you also have to factor in that a lot of his games are saved by touchdowns. That's not a recipe for success against a decent uh, defense against running backs. So I am concerned about Cordell Patterson this week. So I actually would prefer to start Devonta Foreman. Maybe that's my bold take of the week, a Foreman over Patterson, which is probably the worst take I'll ever make. But those are the kind of decisions where that line is for Cordell Patterson versus Foreman in these matchups. All right, before we get into wide receivers and tight ends and streamers, I'm going to take another quick commercial break. Uh, we're going to talk quickly about one of our newest sponsors as well, Lightbox, and we'll be back right after this. Shout out to our new sponsor, Lightbox. Say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. At a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones of blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white diamonds. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and priced so they won't have to. They really make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds. Never a dull moment. 
right, let's talk about some receivers. So first off, let's talk about receiver uh, starts this week. I, listen, typically me and Buck would do sits first, but for some reason my spreadsheet sees starts first. I'm going solo. I'm going rogue. I'm making sure that I do everything here uh, positive first. So let's talk about some wide receiver starts. First one's Hunter Renfro. A lot of people have – I think we've talked about Hunter Renfro to death, but the thing with Hunter Renfro is, number one, previously earlier this year – he had a nice solid game against Kansas City. He found the end zone. Number two is that Kansas City is a slot funnel defense. They have are one of the top teams in fantasy points allowed to the slot this year. Hunter Renfro plays about 50-50 of his snaps in the slot. The other aspect of this whole thing, too, is that Renfro is now the number one wide receiver on this team. He, play, he runs the most routes. So there's no more wondering if he's just a slot receiver, if he's going to have limited routes. No, forget it. Hunter Renfro is a locked and loaded solid wide receiver, too, this week against Kansas City. If you're looking for a deeper name, Christian Kirk against the Rams. Um, now, the Rams have become a slot funnel defense over the last five weeks. They have allowed a bunch of points to the slot. Um, and in my opinion, Christian Kirk, you know, we haven't seen the big games in a long time because they had the bye. Then the Kyler Murray's coming back. And now they're playing the Rams. Easily, the Rams could easily shadow Hopkins with Jalen Ramsey. I don't think that will happen. They have not done that all year. Um, but the Rams have really solidified themselves on the outside where they're getting beat is in the middle of the field. That's where Christian Kirk does most of his damage. So if you're looking for a deeper name, wide receiver three, I think Christian Kirk's not a bad play. Next name is Jarvis Landry. Now Marlon Humphrey's out for the year. Landry quietly had a hundred yard receiving day against Baltimore just a few weeks ago. Now Landry has been a huge disappointment most of the season, but when you look at the numbers for Baltimore, They've allowed 19.9 points per game to outside wide receivers over the last five weeks. That is tied for the most over that span. So Baltimore, you don't think of as a vulnerable defense against wide receivers, but they have been on the perimeter. Landry plays about 50-50 inside and out, and he is the number one. So he quietly had that big game last week. I think Landry, you can go right back to him again if you need to. And then the next name I want to bring up, Terry McLaurin against Dallas. I just kind of want to give a little boost to Terry because he's had a couple slow weeks in a row, but we've kind of talked about this because of his matchups. He had a couple tough games against tough teams over the last few weeks. That changes against Dallas. Dallas has been very vulnerable against outside receivers, averaging 18.2 points per game to perimeter wide receivers. That's up there uh, for wide receivers over the last five weeks. I think Terry McLaurin finally has a bounce back week. So if you have McLaurin, start him with confidence. The final one's Brandon Ayuk against Cincinnati. Um, now, and I keep throwing out numbers. So league average over the last five weeks in half-point PPR points allowed for out-wide receivers is 13.6. So 18, 19 is big time. So that's why I'm bringing this up. Um, the other one is Brandon Ayuk, who's playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals have been – I know Chidobia Wuzie banged up hurt. We'll see if he's going to be available for this game. But they've allowed 16.7 points to outside receivers. I'm not 100% convinced that Debo is going to be back for this one. So I expect maybe a, a nice Brandon Ayuk game. Now kicking over to wide receiver sits. <clears throat> um, Mike Evans against Buffalo. Now that Tredavious White is out, we haven't seen the Bills defense yet against the team that throws against them. Uh, you know, obviously these numbers are very skewed because of the Bills game um, and the Bills uh, Patriots game. But the Bills have been very good against perimeter receivers. Tredavious White would not have an impact on Mike Evans. Tredavious White has struggled against bigger receivers in his career. Um, Kenny Galladay's, Devontae Parker's. So I think Mike Evans, it's more of a scheme thing. And I would be concerned about Mike Evans this week against Buffalo. 
Brandon Cooks uh, with David Mills playing at quarterback. Seattle's been very good against perimeter receivers. They shut down Terry McLaurin. They shut down Brandon Ayuk last week. And quietly, the Seattle Seahawks secondary on the outside is very good. So I think that, that worries me about Brandon Cooks. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., after a couple games where he scored a touchdown, I am a little concerned against Arizona. Arizona has been very tough against perimeter wide receivers, only allowing 10.7 points per game on the outside. Julio Jones, I know a bunch of us are excited that Julio is back. If he plays against Jacksonville, Jacksonville is a slot funnel defense. So Jacksonville allows you know only 49% of their fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. That's about 6% lower than league average. So I don't like Julio's matchup even if he plays. And the final one's Michael Gallup. If you're looking for a deeper name, I know he's had some big games, caught the touchdown. But Washington football team has been tough um, against downfield threats. So I think that I am a little concerned. Over the last five weeks, they've really shored up that secondary. They're playing a lot more zone um, early on in the season. They were playing more man. So I'm a little worried about Michael Gallup. All right, tight end starts. Um, my first one is going to be Gerald Everett. Uh, Houston has been absolutely atrocious against um against tight ends so they're sixth in my metric for adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends they average 12.5 points per game league average is 9.9 so gerald everett is one of those tight ends and and i bring this up all the time is we want tight ends that actually play and i and i and i thought i had it open but let me pull it up real quick i talk about route routes run to dropbacks is really really important for tight ends and league average last week, 53%. The week before was about 48%. But right around 50% is league average. Tight ends route run to dropbacks. Gerald Everett runs a route about 67% of the time. That's inside the top 20 amongst tight ends. And, you know, he had a very bad game. But you got to keep in mind, too, the opportunities he had last week. He fumbling in the red zone, bad drops. I understand all that. But if one of those turns the other way and he scores – we're really all in on Gerald Everett. So I think Everett's a solid streamer tight end this week if you need him. Um, the next name on my list is Dawson Knox. He's more of a he's less of a streamer and more of like if you have two two tight ends. Knox is coming off a bad game against the Patriots. They, you know, there's nothing you can really do about that. But this guy led the NFL in routes run to dropbacks amongst tight ends last week. Um, 92%. And you know, you don't see that. That's like unheard of. That's Bigger than Travis Kelsey. That's higher than Gronk. That's higher than Kittle. That's higher than most tight ends. He was number one on the week. I think it's a monster week for Dawson Knox. I think he's a DFS start. He's my start of the week at the tight end position. I want all the Dawson Knox I can get. If you're looking for another name, um, I'm not as high on this one, but it's Austin Hooper. Uh, Baltimore, if Harrison Bryant is out with the ankle injury and if Njoku does not play, you know, Hooper's going to be the only man in town, right? So you would think that the, the the targets will funnel to him a little more. So if you're desperate, I like Austin Hooper. On the tight end sit side, it's only one player, and it's TJ Hawkinson. And Hawkinson actually scored a touchdown last week against Minnesota. That's great, but there was no Eric Kendricks in that game. That's their key tight end, uh, you know, key uh, coverage linebacker, which really helped Hawkinson. Um, but Denver is just on a different level against tight ends. So if you look at fantasy points allowed in my adjusted metric, they are uh, they are 31st in that metric. And this is the toughest matchup in the week for any tight end with the Patriots out uh, on bye. So I think that if you have Hawkinson, I'd rather play Knox. I'd rather play Gerald Everett, believe it or not, over TJ Hawkinson. There you go. Terrible take, number two on the day. Jumping down to some defensive streamers. And um, – 
in my metric, the 49ers are number one. And, you know, basically what I looked, I look at is I take the the defense, how many points they've scored versus adjust that for how, who they played. And then I do the same thing on the offense and adjust it. And then I do the matchup. The 49ers against Cincinnati are by far the best matchup on the week. Don't know why that's the way it came out. You know, we just saw what the Bengals, you know, happened to them last week against the Chargers. When they can't run the football, Burrow has been a little exposed to turnovers. And, um, yeah, and the 49ers have players, man. They do have players in the in that defense, and I think, you know, they are getting healthier, so I think that's something I would monitor. The next team is the Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think you're playing with fire. I just – something in my gut tells me this one's going to be off. But two weeks ago when they faced, the Browns did have a double-digit fantasy point day against this Ravens defense. Lamar has had his ups and downs against Ra- uh, the, the Browns, and the Browns are can get after the pass. Uh, they can rush the passer. And it's evident that when Lamar's under pressure, he'll to create turnovers. They had four interceptions in that game, so something worked there. The next one's Packers versus the Char- uh, Bears. I think a lot of people know this already, but Justin Fields coming back could be a good thing for the Packers. Uh, the Packers are also getting Jair Alexander back. They're also getting Smith back. They're an edge defense, uh, rusher. So the Packers are one that I've picked up in a couple leagues. The Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this is a loaded one. I think this matters if they start they get some of their linebackers back. I think we'll have to look at the um, the Saturday show. We'll talk a little bit about the Titans' health in the defensive side because Jacksonville could be a solid one. And finally, it's the Chargers versus the Giants. Now, this isn't a metrics thing. This is just common sense. Like, you know, uh, Jake Fromm has not been with this team long. Um, so I don't know how well he's going to know the playbook. The Giants, you know, so many. And the thing, the worst part about Jake Fromm is that the Giants are, they don't have their guys yet. Tony's out. Galladay's missed practice. Shepard's limited. So it's not even he's out there with the starters playing with them, getting reps. He's like playing with a bunch of guys who might not play in the game. So, and the Chargers defense, I brought this up yesterday, uh, two days ago with Jordan. It's just getting healthy. So I think the Chargers are another solid uh, defense. All right. Kickers. Um, I know this is where people go here for kickers and I've listen, I'm all for, it. I come for that. My number one kicker on the week is J- Greg Joseph playing tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two is Greg, Chris Boswell playing against Minnesota in this game. So if you get one of these kickers, I think it's gonna be fun. I think both these guys are going to be that nine to 11 range, uh, for points. Greg Zorline, Dallas kicker against Washington football team. Another one of my tier one kickers. Um, I try to eliminate the guys that are well-owned. You know, I'm not going to tell you to play, uh, boss and, and Nat Gay and, and, you know, pick up just the Tucker guys. Yeah. Oh, why don't you also pick up uh Jonathan Taylor off waivers guy, you know, in the kicker world, it's insulting when you say just play Justin Tucker. Anyway, uh, tier two, Brandon McManus, Denver kicker against Detroit. Detroit's been very bad against kickers this year. Um, if you're looking for a crazy deep name, uh, Brett Maher, uh, the, the saints kicker, um, actually, yeah. Brett Maher is, do I, I may, I might've missed that. I think he's the saints kicker. Going against the Jets. Sorry. Brett Maher. I messed this one up. I think I did. Sorry, folks. Give me one second. Um, Brett Maher is playing against. Yeah, sorry. Brett Maher is the New Orleans kicker. He's playing against the Jets. Sorry. I knew I I messed that up. He's a deep name. Uh, Only five to six points his first couple weeks, but Jets have been exposed against kickers this season. Randy Bullock, if you need, if you're finally, if you haven't been able, if you couldn't get Greg Joseph or Chris Boswell, and you need a deeper name, too. Randy Bullock, the Titans. Um, if Julio's back, this offense starts moving the ball a little bit more. They play Jacksonville this week. Randy Bullock is not a bad kicker option as well. All right, folks, those are all our starts, sits, and streamers this week for Week 14 action. Before I go into Buck and Ryan's 
playoff waiver wire picks. We're going to take another quick commercial break for one of our sponsors, Jersey Jungle. We'll be back right after this. Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out the Jersey Jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. You can use their promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball guy. So I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs, they have camouflage, whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the websites. They're high quality, stitch and twill, game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right, let's talk playoff waiver wire players under 50% owned that we think that you should take a look at. If you want to listen to my picks, Sky, Dweez, and Jordan, previous week's episodes are up. We have already discussed this. But I got I got Buck and Ryan to hit me up via the text. And I've, I've kind of figured out the guys they picked, and I kind of put some notes together. But for Ryan, he had four because he's a cheater. He just had to have the actual classic, you know, corporate. He's basically – Ryan's corporate on this team. So he's like, you know, he gets to do what he wants. Anyway. Kadarius Tony, I picked Shepard, he picked Tony. And Tony, listen, Tony's been super exciting this year. I'm just going to shut the old door. Sorry, folks. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, Kadarius Tony's been really exciting all year this year uh, against Rece- Um, And I know he's explosive. He's not been able to stay healthy. But he does have intriguing matchups, Cowboys, Eagles, Bears. And I think the problem with Tony is that, number one, he's hurt, so is Shepard. But when Shepard, Galladay, and Darius Slayton is on the field, does he more fit like a Rondell Moore mode where he's a really good player, but he's behind the veterans? And I think that's what worries me about Tony, but I understand the upside play of having him, especially because Galladay hasn't stayed healthy. Darius Slayton has missed time and Shepard, forget about it. You know, I love him to death, but the dude can't stay on the field. Next one's JD McKissick. Um, McKissick, the, the, they had to buy, then he got hurt. And now it's been like all, um, all Antonio Gibson. So people are going to forget about JD. Um, they do face the Eagles, Cowboys, and Eagles in the next three weeks. The Eagles are 20th against pass catching running backs. The Cowboys are 30th, so they're tough. These are these aren't good things um, in points allowed in my metric, and then 20th against the Eagles. But with Logan Thomas now done, you know I like Ricky Seals Jones as a potential streamer tight end down the stretch. He does have very nice matchups, but Ricky Seals Jones doing his own thing too. So I think it's a good point here. Don't forget about JD if he was dropped. He's been very solid, especially in PPR formats. You know, he brings up – one of the guys he brings up is Devonta Foreman. Now, I like Foreman this week, but he has the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Dolphins. 24th, 30th, and 22nd in my ground game metrics. Um, not great. All bottom 10 to 12 matchups. All bottom 10, actually, matchups for running backs. Um, you know, 
I am interested to see what they do with McNichols, but I think Foreman, man, people don't realize this dude ran for 2,000 yards his final season um, at Texas. So it's insane. He was a monster. Uh, injuries killed him, but I think Foreman is he's quietly, you know, 20 carries for 100 yards against the Patriots is nothing to snuff at. So I do like this pick too. Uh, his final one was Cole Komet. And Cole Komet, quietly 73% routes run to dropbacks, which is pretty solid. We just brought up the fact that most tight ends are – the average tight end's around 50%, so he's well below, above that. So he's on the field. He's running routes. Um, he does play the Vikings in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. That's tough. But then he gets Seattle, which is first in my adjusted points per game allowed metric. And then they play the Giants, who are 21st. But the Giants' defense has been really good against re- receivers. And I think that maybe if they play some tougher tight end, they might be okay there. So Cole Komet, a deeper name to monitor, especially if you are uh, if you need a tight end. Especially His usage has gone up. Buck, Buck had picked some interesting ones. First, he picked up Matt Breda. Um, you know, I I think I, I was all in on Breda. I was. But he fumbles the ball. They activate Zach Moss. I think they want Zach Moss to be a thing. I think this coaching staff wants Zach Moss to be the lead guy. Um, they benched him for a couple weeks. Um, it could have been the weather. But I think after that performance, why would they then go back to Breda? So I understand where he's got the Panthers, the Patriots, the Falcons, the Bills do over the next, the, the playoff week. So, uh, you know, if Buck, Buck's feeling it, stash him, keep him stashed. I don't mind it, but I think the Zach Moss situation, if Zach Moss is active again, which I don't see why he wouldn't be, I don't think Brady's going to be, he's going to be really impacted there. Kendrick Bourne, you know, Buck, Buck brought up to me that, you know, Bourne is, you know, he's doing his thing the last couple weeks. Um, you know, he's got the Colts, Bills, and Jags. Um, Colts allow the league high 76% of their fantasy points to outside wide receivers that favors Bourne over a guy like Myers. Um, the bills lost Tredavious white. Of course, we didn't see it last th- you know, three passing attempts, um, against the bills in that bad weather game, but you know, that should normalize a little bit. Let's see what the, the no Tredavious white bills look like, but that's a benefit for Kendrick Bourne. And then the Jaguars are a slot funnel defense. But they're the Jaguars, so you would expect Kendrick Bourne, who's they've used creative ways to get him the football. So Bucks feeling Kendrick Bourne as a deeper name to stash could be an asset during the fantasy playoffs. The final one, which I think is the best one, is Jamichael Hasty. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell now is dealing with some knee issues. Uh, Jeff Wilson's surgically repaired knee flared up now, and then Elijah Mitchell also has the concussion. And the 49ers off running game. I've been saying this for a long time. It's not that they run a committee. It's that no one can stay healthy. I think Elijah Mitchell over the last month has proven that point. When they have a guy, they ride that guy, but no one can stay healthy. And Mitchell is now banged up. He's got the concussion. That's a problem. The the hasty thing, listen, especially this week, if hasty gets the start, forget about it. The Falcons in the fantasy playoffs, though, the Falcons are ninth against running backs in my metric. The Titans are 18th. The Texans are 23rd. Um, but they are a plus matchup on the ground. So, um, yeah, Hasty is someone – I just think you just stash him. You stash Hasty. It does not hurt. Wilson's knee could be a problem. And what if Mitchell, um, the concussion lingers, or his knee issue flares up? Hasty could be the last man standing, and that 49ers run offense, forget about it. All right, folks, those are all our playoff waiver wire ads for this week that we think you should take a look at in your leagues. We're going to take a couple quick questions, and then we're going to get out of here, folks. Corbin Boyd. I have Darren Waller and Firemuth who plays tonight. Should I risk it and bank on War- Waller playing? I would pick up uh, Foster Morneau and stash him then. 
Um, I do would rather prefer Darren Waller, uh, even though he had a slow game against Kansas City a couple weeks ago. Um, I just I'm not all over Pat Firemuth. I just you know I think he if he scores a touchdown, it's shame on me. But the Vikings have been very good against tight ends this year um, when Eric uh, Kendricks has been in the lineup. So I think if you have a Foster Morneau, if you can pick him up and stash him, then I'm okay with waiting on Darren Waller. Will Hayes, what's up? Um, has a hard decision. I have to play. I have Madison. Is Cooks playing tonight? Um, how do you feel about playing Osborne? I addressed it all this, man. I did. Uh, if you want to take a listen, I actually addressed all this in the beginning of the show. Um, you know, you're playing Cook. If Cook is in, you cannot start Madison with confidence. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not a run defense where you could just say, hey, play everybody against Pittsburgh. Um, they have struggled. They did spring a leak uh, a couple weeks ago, but I think um against Mixon I just I'm not gonna start Madison if Cook's active if he goes off you know this is it is what it is guys I mean how can you start a backup running back uh Cooks when he gets in there he's a workhorse and Osborne is a fine wide receiver three play I would need to know who your options are uh Henry is back soon just found out um Sea Dog if you're talking about Derek Henry uh it's I don't know I don't think Derek Henry's coming back soon I don't think he's gonna be back for the fantasy playoffs personally but Unless you saw something over the last hour, I don't think he's going to be back until, at best, I would say the fantasy championship week. Um, Mano, call me crazy, but if Cook is healthy, could they both be a start if you're struggling in RB area? Rex Peterson. So would you rather start Madison and Cook than Rex Burkhead and Adrian Peterson? Probably. Yeah. Um, You know, the Seattle Seahawks do have the Houston Texans this week. So I do think that Adrian Peterson might actually be okay. But I get what you're saying. So if you have to start Madison in that scenario, I just, I don't know. doesn't seem too great, but I get what you're saying. Official Savage, what's up, buddy? Tip the cap to you, as always. How you doing, brother? Um, And then Jonathan, thoughts on Guyton with Allen possibly out and Mike Williams? Yes, if if Mike Williams and Allen are out, just keep in mind Bradbury and Adoree Jackson, the Giants are a very good defense. Giants secondary is solid. Um, let me just pull it up for you too, because the Giants are, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to look into it. So the Giants actually have sprung a little bit of a leak over the last five against perimeter wide receivers, fifteen point seven points per game to outside wide receivers. So what does that mean? That means that Guyton would probably be okay, uh, but let's see the type of receivers. We're going to just talk through this on air. I don't really care. I can do whatever I want. Um, the Giants, let's see. First wide receivers. So, Hunter Renfro, 7 for 49 and 1. Mike Evans, 6 for 73 and 1. Godwin, 6 for 65. So, I think that Mike Evans thing would probably be the key there. Um, Devonta Smith, though, 2 for 22. Um, Jalen Waddle, 9 for 90, but he's primary slot. Um, and then Devonte Parker, five for 62. Um, I think the real big thing is like where are the deep threats hitting them, right? So, you know, Robert Woods had a big game against them. Tyree kill had a nice day, 12 for 94 and one lamb got loose four eighty four and one. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Mike Williams and, and Keelan Keenan Allen are out, uh, I think Jalen Guyton could be a wide receiver three, uh, because of the numbers they're saying, but, uh, we would have to hear who, who you're actually playing in that one. All right, star two, Mark Mooney, Ayuk, Osborne. Um, so Ayuk is definitely in. That's not a question. 
Um, then it becomes Mooney. Chicago has Green Bay. And then Osborne has Pittsburgh. I'm going to go Mooney and, uh, and Ayuk in that one. All right, folks, that's all we have for today. That's it. That's uh, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. Starts, sits, Thursday Night Football Preview. Some playoff waiver wire names to pick up. We've done it all. If you needed a kicker, make sure you're playing a Thursday Night Football kicker. You won't regret it. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. This is it. All our episodes are on the Believe Podcast Network and brought to you by Bet Online AG. Shout out to our partners over at the Fantasy Football Network for streaming all our shows. Shout out to our partners at the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Sky will be on later today with the commit. Someone from the Kamish crew will be on, probably Christopher Benavides. But one of the Kamish guys and Sky will be on later today. And then I'll be doing player trends before the Sunday Live starts it show. Make sure you're jumping on and joining us on Sunday Live and becoming a super chatter. You'll get a shot at winning a jersey, folks. So if you get on, join us. Make sure you're joining us. Get your all your questions answered. Once again, I'm Bobby Lamarco. Thanks for joining, guys. Enjoy your weekend. I am out of here. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.